0: Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of That's Gross, unless you're into it. I am your ever-charming host, Miss Kay Chalice, and our first episode, we're actually going to talk about a pretty big thing uh, called shame, shame, clang, 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 clang. I think shame is a really important topic to bring up because everybody has shame. I have plenty of shame. Uh, A lot of the people that I talk to seem really, really surprised by the fact that I do have things that I'm ashamed of. Um, I've been doing sex work on and off for uh, several years, um, and I talk very openly about my fetishes, my kinks, And my sexuality overall, but I'll clue you in on something. I'm comfortable with that because there's a lot of stuff I don't want to talk to you about. And funny enough, when I asked all of you lovely people to answer the questionnaire that I put out for this first episode, I actually got quite a few responses from a lot of people because I know that this was shared uh, between kink groups. And a lot of people who I imagine are very experienced kinksters, said, I don't have any shame at all. I've never been king shamed And you know what? You're the fucking greatest. You are an absolute champ. I'm really proud of you. And you probably have an amazing sex life. But I also think that you're a fucking liar because everyone has shame. And I think that everyone does have shame because it's such a sliding scale. What I might be ashamed of might be, like oh my god gonna blow your tits off extreme for somebody that's just getting into kink or somebody that's not kinky at all you know going out and talking with friends uh when inevitably a group of people get together and start talking about sex after long enough that the when when that when that topic comes up and everybody starts talking about the you know the horrible degrading things that they're into and of course Becky pops in and says I just love it when a guy rolls up his shirt sleeves and you can see his veiny forearms. Mmm, so sexy, Jude Law. But that's that's her ten. That's her ten on that sliding scale. Or you know, when uh, in the, in the questionnaire, there were a lot of people that is the king. What is the kink or fetish that you are ashamed of? And there were people that answered things like, I'm ashamed of wanting to be spanked barehanded. I'm ashamed of wanting to be choked. And those things are those people's tens. But compared to someone like myself, that's a one. That's something that I have been doing way before I should have. And have since surpassed that. So it's, which is not a bad thing. But the lines don't meet up. And I think that that's a lot of the problem uh, that comes from shame, especially dealing with kink in relationships and in partnerships. Because one person might be into, you know, oh, I want you to put a metal rod up my cock and call me a bitch boy. While the other person, their, their version of kinky is, you know, being called naughty, being called a naughty girl. That's their partner's 10. So the problem is, in a lot of these relationships, is that one person is down here. I know you can't see my hands, but just visualize for me. One person's down here, and the other person's up here. So those lines are pretty wonky. But what a lot of people don't realize is sometimes all you have to do is take your pen that is your relationship and your communication skills and your trust and honesty with your partner, and draw a line from yours, way the fuck up there with your sounding rod, all the way down to your partner's line. And then you can draw a very, very pretty dildo out of it. If if you can hear any noises in the background, I'm terribly sorry, my giant dog is joining us for this conversation. He is also very interested in shame because he eats poo. But I think that it's really important uh, to understand that those lines can be staggered. And that's super scary because the idea of talking about these things, we've been taught for so long, especially in, in a primarily monogamous culture, that talking about sex, talking about kink, talking about anything that's considered taboo is just off limits, even with the person that you trust the very most. So that conversation can be extremely scary. But I've found not just with friends, but also with a lot of clients um, whom I've spoke to after sessions, it's not that you can't talk to your partner. It's an option of that you won't, that you are choosing not to. And I can understand why, because that is a really, really big leap to take. It takes a lot of trust and it takes a lot of honesty and a lot of vulnerability that is absolutely terrifying. Even to me, I I still find difficulty in bringing up new things that I want to try with my partner. It's something that I still have to work on and I've been doing horrible shit since far before I was legally allowed to. But the important part here is that You have to know that whether you have been in your relationship for five days or if you have been together for 30 years and are just starting to have this conversation and bring around things that you're interested in, it's important to let your partner react the way that they are going to react. I think this is super important because having that conversation, you are opening yourself up to vulnerability, but you're also bringing a bit of a surprise to your partner. In a way that, especially if it's something that you have absolutely never spoken about before, never given any kind of hint that you have or would be interested in in engaging in in these kinks and fetishes, you're, you're kind of slapping them in the face with something that is both extreme to their eye and it's also... A very, um, it also can be very telling about your level of trust with that person. I know many, many, many friends who have come to me and talked about their relationships and how it has been a problem of they feel that they're going to be judged. Maybe they've watched a movie where something, you know, where, where BDSM was featured and their partner said, ugh, anybody who does that must be disgusting. And that is going to make you feel like shit because that's something that you're interested in and it, and it is a part of you and who you are as a sexual person. But it's a matter of having that trust and knowing that your partner is going to react one way or another. Just, uh, just as an example, I have two partners, one of whom is completely uh, non-kinky at all. My other partner is very kinky and we have been experimenting with a lot of things for a very long time. However, if he came home to me one day and said, hello darling, I love you, I would like to shit in your mouth, I'm going to be a little bit surprised. Not king shaming anyone who's into scat, just putting it out there because that's my extreme. That's bumping it up to my 11. But I would be upset because, especially if it's something that he had been interested in for a very, very long time and didn't feel that he could trust me enough to bring it up, because that not only speaks to how our relationship is, but the level of comfort that my partner feels with me. So for anyone out there who is not into kink, who is listening, um, who may have a kinky partner, that's kind of the mentality there. I also think it's really important uh, as somebody who is kinky, bringing these up, these things up um, to partners or potential partners, it's important to talk about how they react. You have to make it more of a conversation instead of, hello, I would like you to fuck me all the way up my ass. We're talking a lot about things to do with the butt today. I don't know what's going on with that, but now you all know very first episode where my head's at today, so at least we're getting to know each other. But I I think it's important to make it a conversation. If they do react poorly, I really feel for you because that is a devastating feeling. It really is, because that's uh, I am a firm believer in the fact that kink and fetishism and sexuality is a major part of who we are as humans and how we interact with the world and how we see ourselves. However, that conversation, if they react poorly, it is a two-way street for the exact reason that I brought up previously, in that you may not have brought this up for quite some time, or it may be something that you've been actively hiding. And that is a problem because the trust is not there. However, they are probably jumping to a lot of conclusions, about a lot of things especially if they you know have no history with kink it's exceptionally taboo still it's not something super widely talked about and where it is talked about it's often still very much demonized or made into this no 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 terrible bad thing so part of that conversation whether it goes well or not Is being able to answer questions honestly. And I think that's important, not just for anybody bringing up to their partners um, who are not kinky how to get into these things. I think that's important for everybody. If you're if you're experimenting with a new kink with somebody, God bless you if you have a partner who's willing and into it, be open to questions, be open to that conversation because not only are you going to have more fun expressing your kink and are you going to have even better sex being able to be honest about exactly what you need, but also it's going to clear up a lot of it's going to clear up a lot of misinformation. About whatever fetish it is that you're into, because I guarantee, if you bring this up and are not willing to answer those questions, your partner is going to go online after that hard conversation. Is going to Google Eastim, you know, or or <laughs> gagging or any of these things, and they're going to find a lot of porn that is not representative of probably what you as an individual are into. They're the, you know, porn place to fantasy. But that's another episode. I think it's really important to, with that, to be willing to have a conversation about If they are unwilling to try these things, if they're just completely put off by it, they're like, no, I won't fuck you in your butt. That's just gross. I can't do that. I think it's important for you to be the one to drive the conversation about how you can indulge your kinks and be that part of yourself if they are not going to be involved. And when I mean that, I don't necessarily mean non-monogamy. I know everyone's automatically jumping to that conclusion, but that is not what I'm talking about, though it is an option. I'm talking about your porn is your porn. I'm not asking you to ask permission to watch porn, but having that conversation, letting them know, this is what I need. I need this time to have an outlet for myself. Whether it, So whether it's porn, um, maybe an online Uh, interaction or joining a fetish site, or even going in person to a, you know, a BDSM club or a dungeon where you can engage with dominatrixes or doms and have that relationship. Necessary. But it's, it, it is a difficult conversation, and because it's so hard, you need to be the one to drive it. I guarantee that your partner, especially if they're unwilling to indulge in that, indulge in that part of who you are, are probably not going to be the first person to jump in on the idea of you expressing it elsewhere. Because we have been in this, in this grand old society where we're taught that you fall in love with one person and they meet all of your needs, the end, that's all she wrote. And sometimes that is just not the case, especially when compromise can't be made. But on the flip side, the beautiful, awesome part of the conversation is, hallelujah, they do wanna be involved, yay. They wanna do all of your dirty stuff and they get so excited at the prospect of doing all of this nasty shit with you. And you are so excited, and they're excited, and you get all this new equipment. And maybe um, he or she buys a sexy outfit to wear, and you get all all ready to go, and everything's amazing. And then you go for it, and it's god-fucking-awful. And I don't mean god-awful as in your partner is doing a bad job. I mean it as in this is your first time living out your fantasy. And oh fuck, we should have just kept that a fantasy. Because that's not uncommon. There are so many things. I I know the majority of us have been watching porn for years and years and years and years. And that's what we get used to is that fantasy. And I hate to tell you, but having made pornographic videos before, it it is playing to the fantasy. And that's not what the real experience is a lot of the time. And If you are someone who has been used to that, then playing it out can seem less exciting, less, you know, indulgent, and less, less taboo. Because there are so many fetishes where part of the appeal, if you are like me, and you just like nasty shit, because it's nasty shit, and that's the end of the story, then having it played out in real life is like, oh... Well, it's less fun now that I get to do it openly. Like when you were a teenager, well, if you were like my kind of teenager, and you were 17 years old, and you were going to parties and drinking, and you were, you know, I'm drinking, underage drinking, woo, party time, and then you hit 21, and then drinking became way less exciting. I think the same thing applies to sex and kink. There's just a lot of things where it's okay for it to be less exciting when it's not as taboo. That's a fetish in and of itself. And speaking of indulging in fantasies and having a whole lot of fun with porn, if you don't have a partner and you are listening to this and you feel a lot of shame about your kinks, here's the thing. Fantasies are literally just that. You can think about the most disgusting shit you can possibly think of, and you are the only person that's going to know that, unless you choose to say something. I say that, but what's really important if you are unpartnered is knowing what you want, knowing the reality of playing that out, possibly in the future with a partner, And knowing how to go about it safely and communicate it in a way so that everyone will be safe and informed about it. It just makes the entire conversation easier, honestly. And dealing with your shame when you're by yourself or when you don't have a partner at the time, it's important for you to see that while your fantasies, no matter how dirty they are, if played out in real life, as long as you are not purposefully and purposefully maliciously hurting anyone, uh, doing anything blatantly, horribly illegal, then that's okay. But to get to that point, you need to be okay with yourself. You need to be okay with the idea that someone might want to do this with you. And if you want that to happen, then research it up. Uh, Talk to other people who are interested in these things. Um, There are plenty of fetish message boards. There's FetLife. There's a number of places where you can communicate with like-minded people and learn how to do what it is that you want to do properly and in a way that will be enjoyable for everybody when you feel ready to explore that with someone else. With that being said, on the topic of more, like, uh, quote-unquote, I'm making air quotes right now. Again, I really need to stop talking with my hands, but disgusting fetishes or even more problematic ones, um, which is going to be in its own episode all on its own, by the way, but those kinds of fantasies... um, They are just fantasies. (laughs) I think that that's a concept that a lot of people have a hard time dealing with because some of them may be uh, immoral. Some of them may make you feel really super grody, given the current uh, climate of a lot of things going on. But the key to acting out those kinds of fetishes, especially with someone else, safety first, communication, and... Realizing that these things can be something that is also okay as long as you are willing to put in the work to know that it is problematic and that it might be disgusting to somebody else. But as the title of this completely kick-ass podcast says, that's gross or that's disgusting in this case unless you're into it. And I can almost guarantee you that there is someone out there that shares your fetish and would be totally down with doing whatever it is that you are interested in. I do want to kind of finish up here because it's the first episode. I don't want to bore the pish out of you. But is one of the things that I saw most commonly on the questionnaire that I asked you guys to answer was... A lot of people were wonderful in the amount of detail that they gave, and they told me what their fetish was and said, I have never told anyone, and they may have been interested in other kinky things and been perfectly fine with that, or it may have been their only thing, and they want to keep it a secret. But the thing I saw most when asking, why do you feel the need to keep this a secret, was that so Many people answered, I just don't want to bring it up because I feel like it's ridiculous. I feel like my kink is silly. And first of all, that makes me terribly sad. My goodness, that makes me terribly sad because, oh baby, I thought your fetishes were wonderful. Every single one of you, they were unique and wonderful and great and I hope you get to do the thing. But here's the thing, that whole list of fetishes and whatever fetish who you, listener, are thinking of now when I say that, is it weird? You bet your ass it is. Is it ridiculous? Yes. Is it silly? Is it gross? Is it any of these things? It totally is. And you know what? That's kind of the best part about it. I think that is absolutely the best part about it because kink is weird fetishism is weird. And I think being able to look at it and say, huh, that is really weird is enlightening. And whatever thing you may be into is unique and might be weird and might be silly. It gives you pleasure. It gives you enjoyment. It's something that makes you happy on a carnal evolutionary level. And that is extremely important. And I think a lot of people doubt just how important that is. And I think being able to laugh at your own kinks is probably one of the most important part of being a kinky person. We don't have to be so serious all the time, guys. All we have to do is be able to talk about it, be able to educate about it, and be able to do some really freaky shit with a smile on our face afterwards. I think that's where we're going to end things today. Um, I'm hoping to do many more podcasts after this. Hopefully this has been helpful for anyone who has been dealing with the big gloomy black cloud of shame. Clang, clang, clang. And until next time, I am Miss Kay Chalice. Have great sex, do weird shit, and whenever you can, pay for your porn.